You are tuned in to the Sparkles and Fairy Lights podcast. Imogen Campbell is your host and she will tackle issues that tend to sneak up on one and wreak havoc on the unprepared midlife soul. First up, perimenopause. If you are in your 20s or 30s, feel free to join the conversation and be ignorant no more. Hi to every one of you, wherever you may be today. I am your host, Imogen Campbell, and for this podcast, we'll draw some inspiration from the world of sport. I've called it Midlife Tennis Match Alert, Maestro, Matador, and Menace. Without further ado, let us get into the full swing of things mental tenacity when dealing with some of the curveballs life at this age can sometimes throw you. To have a sporting chance, you have to have some weapons in the arsenal. When I was much younger, I loved sport codes of all kinds, like Formula One. I could watch the whole glittering, extremely exhilarating spectacle for hours on end. The Brazilian maestro, legendary driving ace Eton Senna da Silva, captured my full attention and will forever be my favorite Formula One champion of all time. He once said, I don't know how to drive otherwise than risky. When I have to overtake someone, I will do it. Every pilot has limits. Mine is a little above the others. Probably why Scary Cats Only loved him so much. Chalk and cheese. Then there was the beautiful game. Football. Ah, the drama of the FIFA World Cups. And I remember a time when Manchester United's greatness was undisputed. But by far the game of sport that held me spellbound the most was what was considered to be the gentleman's game, tennis. So enthralled was I that my first published article was about Roger Federer. I asked whether he was boring. A rhetorical question to be sure. But if you must know, the short answer is, of course not. (laughs) There was a time in the mid-2000s when Roger Federer was in a class of his own. His dominance unparalleled. He seemed to float in the air on the court. And indeed, his style of tennis has been compared to the artistry of a ballerina. Maestro, they called him. That takes some doing. Roger's mom is South African. So I was especially proud of that connection and his example of excellence. But when he lost, and who's going to tell him, it was a Swiss miss. But as it was destined to be, there arose a Spanish matador in the guise of Rafael Nadal. Now, why am I telling you this? You'll have to stick around. There's definitely a moral to the story. Back to Rafa Nadal, or Rafa, as his most ardent supporters call him. Physically imposing, our matador came to the fore in longish shorts, and it was not long before his hissing forehand became his foremost weapon to be unleashed. But what truly stood out about Rafa was his dogged determination and ability to wear his opponent down. He soon came to exemplify bullish tenacity, even using bull's horns for his branding. And boy, did he win over the fans. Soon, one of the sport's most incredible rivalries kicked into full gear, and I was all for it. The duo had us tennis fans glued to the screens for hours. We agonized with them. 
discussed the permutations, dissected wins and losses and celebrated as though we were on the tennis courts with him. Such legends of the game did they become. Over the years, the two friendly foes were embroiled in some pretty heartbreaking tussles. More so if you were a Federer fan, and fans eventually referred to them as Fidel. Yes, I'm going to tell you what this has to do with midlife issues in a moment. On the whole, one was used to hearing commentary like this. Out of nowhere, he simply turned it up a notch. Game? Federer. Oh, he struck again. That hissing forehand ripped down the line. Game? Can Fidel. you believe it? Outrageous. He's taken it in the air and slammed it away. What a shot. Game? Federer. Oh, he's running around from the back of the court. Is it going to be in? Oh, it's in. you got to be kidding me. Unbelievable. Game? Nadal. Tennis is such a mental game. For me, it's like a microcosm of real life. Sometimes, as in everyday life, things seem to be going just swimmingly. But then, out of the blue, the game changes and players have to dig deep and fight. On-court coaching is not allowed and players have to execute on the plan for the match. Read the opponent's serves, return well, keep unforced and forced errors to a minimum, concentrate when faced with a jeering crowd and ensure that they do not overextend themselves. I marvel at the skill required to be a tennis player of that caliber. Here is the point I'm trying to make about midlife struggles. Aging it out. Whether you tackle the dark days with the elegant game of a Federer or the dogged, rugged game of an adult, it's important to stay in the game. Rally from setback and return an unreadable serve or forehand for a winner when disappointment strike. Arguably, one would need some Fidel in the fight for the right mindset at this time in one's life when the anticipated moments do not go to script. When perimenopause symptoms like insomnia, heart palpitations and anxiety catch you off guard. When you have to have an unexpected operation or when the implication of the loss of functionality, mobility and aesthetics are really hard to bear. So in this tennis tussle with the menace of depressing thoughts and feelings and everything that causes you to lose hope, or that threatens your physical, emotional, and mental well-being, you have to learn to land an ace against some of them. Give them back as good as they have given you, and eventually come out on top. When your temper threatens to flare, and your blood is boiling, never mind the hot flushes, are you going to let it get to you? Will you treat those around you poorly, then dissolve into tears the next moment, followed by guilt, all in a flash? Or are you going to keep it classy with a well-placed return? In this case, regain your composure, hold your tongue if necessary or respond calmly. Or are you going to act impulsively and make a scene, a classic double fault? Like a tennis professional, one sometimes has to make split-second decisions and depend on one's training, expertise and knowledge to get through. There has to be a game plan. If you don't have one, may I encourage you to get one and stick to it. If the plan is to get your body into peak condition, it may be best to ditch the cigarettes, the wine and the bad food habits and head out to get some exercise instead. It will require some hard work and discipline. Are you willing to go the extra mile for your health and well-being, going out of your way to tackle the symptoms that are affecting you?
Like the true tennis champions who have learned to cut out the negative voices and jeering crowds, so we too can learn to manage the voices and circumstances that mean to render us worthless, helpless, or fill in the blank with what you've been told. On those days, when we feel like we're losing the essence of ourselves as we know it, or when our worth at our workplace is being challenged, are we going to slog it out? Find new ways to win at life like true champions do? The great champions have to adjust their game all the time, and when injury hits, find ways to protect vulnerable parts. Can we perhaps take a few pages from their book and take the fight to our thoughts of adversity, fear, or whatever is getting us down, when we feel like throwing in the towel. The flamboyant French tennis player Yannick Noah once summed it up like this. I have always considered tennis as a combat in an arena between two gladiators who have their rackets and their courage as their weapons. At this stage of our lives, I think it's safe to say that most of us probably are not going to be battling it out to win a Grand Slam. But the vivid lessons that tennis can teach us can help to keep us going on the days when we feel like quitting. When we feel like pulling the covers over our heads and believing that it cannot get better or won't change, then maybe on those days, may it be a reminder that helps us to make a different decision, to decide to have hope instead and take action to improve our circumstances or get help. Yet balance must still be maintained, somewhere between being too hard on ourselves in a delicate period of time in our lives when we really have so much to cope with versus just letting it all be and not taking meaningful action at all. I agree, we need to embrace the aging process and love ourselves through it, warts and all. There is a need to extend grace to ourselves and not force or overextend our bodies as they deserve some love having served us so well for so long. Now is not the time to be overly critical. Tennis, after all, begins with love. Rather, let us fight the doubts, the fears, the frustration and the failure with the knowledge and support of friends. Even the great champions need support to egg them on and draw strength when it seems as though their dreams are ebbing away. I sincerely trust that these parallels have helped you see things in a different light. Be sure to let me know whether I hit an ace or if the ball went squarely into the net. Next time, join me for a discussion on what is arguably one of the most difficult symptoms to come to terms with in the run-up to menopause, with the power to reduce one to tears in a flash. Brain fog. But before I bog you down with anything else, it's time to remind you that new episodes are available every Tuesday at 3 o'clock UTC. Thank you for lending an ear. If you are new, consider subscribing. And if you feel inclined, please leave a review or let me know your thoughts on Facebook or Twitter.